Welcome to the EIM Global Podcast, the place where we speak to experts from across education, academia, and industry, so we can contribute to the professional conversations happening in our community now. The discussions we have and insights shared by guests help develop our own thinking and work, and hopefully spark further dialogue for other educators too, as they reflect on their practice and their students. Today, we're speaking with Charlie Martin. Charlie is the IB Career-Related Program Coordinator at Dulles College in Singapore. She's an experienced international educator, having taught in Hong Kong, Austria, and Switzerland before moving to Singapore in 2019. As a mathematics teacher, Charlie instills in her students a love of the subject and appreciation for the abstract nature of it. Her industry experience prior to becoming a teacher has taught her the importance of applying this theoretical understanding successfully in the workplace and the need for the development of essential skills such as communication and intercultural understanding. She is a passionate advocate of the IB career-related program as the educational program that allows students to develop theory and practice in concert with each other. In this episode, we explore what the IB career-related program is and why Charlie thinks it's a valuable option for students to consider, the role of the IBCP in personalizing education and helping students gain transferable and future-ready skills, as well as the way technology is making this sort of approach to learning more important than ever with the increasing democratization of knowledge. But enough from me. Let's step into the episode right now and hear from our guest today, Charlie Martin. Charlie Martin, welcome to the EIM podcast. Great to have you with us. Really looking forward to this conversation today and learning myself a little bit more about the IB career-related program. How are you? Uh, What have you been doing in the last couple of weeks? What's your focus at the moment? Yeah, it's been um, an interesting couple of weeks. We're getting towards the end of term and it's, you know, you have lots of expectations and they're never quite what you think they're going to be. But what's been really lovely is um, speaking to the attends recently about the career program and also meeting year 10 parents and some year nine parents as well to talk about program and what it can offer to their children. It's always a, a really exciting but very busy time of year in schools, isn't it, when people are starting to think about options, choices, and what it's going to mean for them and, and where they go, and obviously the longer-term implications of different choices that they have. So re- remember it well myself, and certainly interested to, to hear from you today about how you know the IBCP sort of fits into that range of options now and, and broadening the possibilities. But before we jump into that, I'd love to just get a sense of your journey to the IBCP coordinator here at Dulwich. You know, what, what's led you from your career through to that point? Yeah, it's a really interesting journey. I mean, I've been an international educator for gosh, four years and I probably like to remember 18 years, I think, and um, you know, journey through Hong Kong and, and Europe and then back to Asia again. Um, and we've been in a number of schools where there has been an IB through program, Um, So I think I I have a lot of experience with the IB philosophy and that international mindedness that comes with philosophy and also the sort of the acknowledgement of the importance of skills. And so in the previous school in in Switzerland, the school introduced the IBCP whilst I was there. I wasn't the IBCP coordinator then, but it was really interesting to see that program and how transformative it was in terms of the students that they had joining that program. And you've had a a long career in education as you described but before education you were working in in industry is that yeah absolutely um so I was in industry for you know just one of those wonderful journeys that I had no idea what I wanted to do when I left school I just really enjoyed maths and uh, took that as far as I could and went to university to do maths and graduated and, and got a management training program with an accountancy firm in London and really loved the job, loved the client-facing side of it, did a lot of training as part of that job. And then we moved to 
um, moved to Hong Kong, and it was just a, a different job. And I think there were lots of factors at that time that meant I wasn't quite so keen on following, continuing that path. It was much more sort of compliance based, and a lot of the the people interactions were missing. And I really missed that. And then, you know, in terms of sort of life advice, my partner said to me, well, you know, Charlie, what is it you like about your job? And I listed all the things I liked, you know, the maths and the technical, you know, having that understanding of the maths and, and being able to explain that to people. Clearly, I thought I did a good job of that. People development. And my partner said, do you know what that does sound like, though, don't you? <laughs> um, but so that's where my journey into uh, education started. I think it's interesting because there's a link there for me with the IBCP and that opportunity to be a little bit more practical yeah. in some cases. And the fact that sometimes students have a view of what a career path in a particular industry or area might look like, but that perhaps be shaped by things that it's some way from reality in, in some respects. And so, you know, yourself and your own journey there, I think that's quite powerful, no doubt, as far as the conversations you're having with, with students themselves, thinking about where they go and, and what role the IBCP might play in that. But perhaps that's a good segue into just for listeners that perhaps aren't familiar with it, or maybe they know the, the name, the acronym, but, but haven't, perhaps actually haven't taught the IBCP programme. What is it? What are its component parts? And then for you, why do you believe that's so important? Yeah, the IBCP is its shortened version of the IB Career Related Programme. Um, and it's one of the IB programmes, sorry, the International Baccalaureate Programmes uh, that are aimed at students in years 12 and 13. It's a really dynamic programme. It's only been around for about 15 years and it recognises that the purpose and aims of education need to respond to the knowledge revolution of the last 30 years. You know, knowledge is no longer a currency. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a math teacher, as I mentioned, and um, my daughter didn't know how to convert recurring decimals into fractions, and she needed to know that before her year nine assessment. So, of course, rather than ask her maths teacher mother, they go on to YouTube and, and they looked it up and, and taught themselves how to do it. And I think there was much more of a sense of achievement from that than there would have been from me sitting down and, and helping them with that. Yeah, so for me, you know, education needs to be about the skills that students need to be successful in the future, not just the content that we as educators believe they need to know. And the IBCP recognises the importance of future-ready skills the need for students to develop those in concert with their academic development and their areas of interest. So I think in order to create that blend of skills, contents and attitudes, well, what the program does is it has three elements. It has a career-related study that allows students to apply their academic understanding in a work environment. It has a theoretical underpinning through a selection of complementary diploma courses centered around that, that career pathway. And it also has a core element, which has four components uh, that gives students the time and stimulus to reflect on their personal growth uh, and how the theoretical course uh, components of the course can be applied in practice. That's great. So you used a really interesting phrase there, the knowledge revolution, and sort of referred to that period of the last 30 years. And I, I, I'm going to come back to uh, digging into the IBCP components as, as well in a moment, but just touching on that knowledge revolution idea for a minute. What is that to you? How do you think about that? You know, what do you perceive to have changed in the last thirty years such that you have the phrase you know revolution in there? It'd be really interesting to understand. Yeah, and that. I think it's about sort of democratization of knowledge, isn't it? That you know, I remember when we were kids, we had the Encyclopedia Britannica in our living room, 
we had, you know, 50 volumes, probably not 50, but we had volumes of it and not everyone had access to that. And so, for me, you know, that knowledge revolution is about students or everyone having access to the knowledge all they need is a smartphone. It's not about knowing stuff anymore. Anyone can know stuff. It's about going online and having access to all of this information, some of it conflicting and being able to discern, you know, which of that information is more reliable. And it's also about having the skills to be able to take that information because it, I think we sometimes take that for granted that it's, it's not necessarily that straightforward to go online, find something out and then be able to use that knowledge. You know, and I think that's for me where those, those skills come in, those skills of being able to research and evaluate and analyze are so important because that knowledge, as I say, is readily available. I talk about knowledge as if it's an objective thing sitting out there, but of course it's not. I love this idea of Cyclopedia Britannica. It's exactly that, isn't it? And of course now, obviously the, the Wikipedia revolution and, and, and so on has happened, but of course that's just one of, of many, many, many sources now available to us, including, of course, direct connection with you know, other human experts globally, whoever they might be in whatever field of, of uh, research or expertise they, they happen to hold. So, yeah, there's this interesting journey, I think, isn't there, from you know, the expert being the, the person in the room, you know, who had a particular set of content knowledge often, as well as, of course, other skills and so on. But, you know, then you have this move into the, the sort of the textbook era and there's this sort of duality there and, and eventually, of course, on beyond that in the way that you've just described now to mobile devices giving us access to, you know, the, the latest thinking and research in almost any field one can imagine. Just coming back to the IBCP for a moment, where within the, the IBCP design or components do you see you know, those changes or those skills that you're talking about students needing, you know, most being delivered? Is that in the core component? Is that in part of the, you know, the career-related study and the, the applied area there? I think in the core component, there are four parts of the core component, one of which is an element called the personal and professional skills course. And for me, that's, uh, I know the career aspect is perhaps what makes the CP unique. But for me, that's really what adds value to it. Because we don't see that in other programs, you don't see time carved out in that program to explicitly work on those skills. And I think that's really important. And so for me in the career program, I think it happens both in that personal and professional skills element where we say, okay, what are we going to work on? What aspects of what do we mean by skills? What are these skills that are important? How do they apply to you? But I think what's also equally important is taking those skills. You know, I think we, we learn about them. We can teach them at school, but I think the real power comes from students taking those skills and being able to apply them elsewhere. We teach, you know, writing for an audience or writing for purpose all the way through the college. But it's, you know, if you think about sending a student out to work with a client in the community, the power of creating a design brief for a client mentor from our community, I think far exceeds anything we can artificially create in a school environment. So it's about, you know, both, I think what's unique with the CP is that we create those opportunities and we explicitly focus on those skills. And then we also have the opportunity to put that into practice and make that really meaningful. I, I love that idea of the sort of the meaningful nature of the the challenge when it's it's for something very authentic, I suppose, you know, working with somebody in, in industry or in the community. 
Uh, and I, for one, certainly as a teacher, have had many occasions when students say to me, well, what, why are we, you know, why are we learning this? What's the need for it? And of course, when you're suddenly faced with a real challenge like that, as opposed to one that's sort of fabricated, that certainly becomes very clear. I wonder if there are, there are other things about the programme that, that for you are really beneficial to students. You know, you've got this future of work sort of skill set that you've, you've articulated very clearly there. Are there other things that you think, you know, the IBCP programme really benefits students by offering? Yeah, I think it's about recognising that personalised pathway for students. I think, you know, I'm a maths teacher and, and I see the joy that some students get from being or being successful in the maths classroom. Um, and some of our students, I think, because they have passions that are not traditional academic subjects, not had the opportunity to see their same success. You know, we look at our broad GCSE curriculum, and that's great for some students. But for students who have passions in creative practices, in sport, in digital technologies, I think, you know, for me, one of the real powers of the CP is about allowing those students to feel like they're successful at school, to see that success and to see it in practice. One of the things we talked about was talking to the year 10s. We introduce our options process in year 11, but we work with the year 10s because we want to find out what passions are out there so that we can start planning already to see what we can provide in response to those. We don't want the career programme to be a sort of one size fits all. It's, it should be a responsive programme to the needs of our, of our students. So for me, I think that's a really powerful tool to respond to those personalised pathways that students are asking us for. And you talked there about um, some of the, the pathways and, and options, I suppose, that, and then the partners, of course, that you're you know, working with to help create and build those. Who are you working with at the moment or looking at working with in future such that that set of pathways is as rich as it could be? Yeah, and I think that's, you know, we're, we're building our community links and we have those, but we because of the, the arrival of the CP, I think it's really forced us to audit those community links rather than those informal conversations we've had with parents. Yeah, so, you know, I think our design technology department have just been doing a lot of work with Dyson. We have Dyson coming in to do some work with our students. And that's not through the CP pathway yet because we haven't rolled that out. But the potential there is fantastic to have students actually engaging with our community partners in the performing and production arts pathway we have links with the SRT, the Singapore Repertory Theatre. We have school connections to Wild Rice. We work with the Royal Shakespeare Company. Our director of performing arts is currently working out how to embed all of those opportunities and those community links within that programme. Fantastic. It makes me wish I had these opportunities myself when I was going through my own sort of K-12 school experience. I wonder how I would have thought and reacted were I able to have those kinds of conversations and connections that you're talking about making there with industry experts, I suppose, in the various areas that you know, students obviously have passions in. How have parents responded to conversations around the IBCP? So often I think you know, parents think about education in reflection based on their own experience of education. And of course, the IBCP is quite different for, for many parents, I would imagine, to the experience they had in school. So what, what kind of conversations have you been having with parents around it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, all of those things we've talked about, the future of, you know, providing those opportunities for students, I think parents see that. And certainly parents of students who have burning passions but haven't been able to specialise in though do, do recognise the importance of that. And I think we all know about the shift in the way the world is working and that need for work-ready skills. 
So as you say, I think, you know, on one hand, parents absolutely acknowledge that and are looking for that experience for their children. But on the other hand, I think it's part of the nature of being a parent to be slightly cautious and conservative on behalf of your child to make sure that you are ensuring they get the best experience. So, you know, we have we've had really good conversations with parents of students who are taking starting the CP journey with us next year. And we've recognized that, you know, as I say, it's a new program. Parents aren't quite as familiar with it as they are with the IB Diploma program. So we've just made sure that we've had those conversations. So as soon as we've had a student who's interested, we invite them and their parents in um, and sit down with the university counselor, of course, because that's one of those areas where parents have concerns or they just want some clarity about what pathways their children will have to university. So I think it's been a mix. We've had parents who've been really excited because they recognise what a wonderful programme this is going to be for their children, whilst making sure they've got that parenting hat on and doing their due diligence. You mentioned earlier in the conversation, actually a couple of times, the opportunity for students to you know, pursue passions and to explore those in a way that perhaps some other curriculum options or pathways, you know, don't don't necessarily give them the opportunity to. So where do you see the IBCP program and student agency, uh, you know, the relationship between those two? Is, is that something that you see the IBCP program really supporting? Yeah, I mean, for me, the IBCP program is all about student agency. You know, as, as I talked to you about the personalised pathways, about creating pathways around what students are telling us are their passions, creating courses to allow them to pursue those. There's flexibility within the program around those diploma courses that students select to complement the pathway. Core elements are designed to respond to students' starting points and to develop these. So, for example, I've just been writing the PPS course, the Personal and Professional Skills course that I'll be teaching And it's the first unit I'm looking at is about the unspoken rules of work, because I think, you know, I remember when I first started my employment journey, just, I mean, I think you work it out quite quickly, but it's quite useful if people help you with that. So one of the things we look at is the role of self-appraisal. And we approach that both from the lives of our students as they are currently, because I'm not sure there are students are always aware of how much self-appraisal they actually do. And most of our students are actually quite aware, but also what this might look like in the workplace by focusing on their strengths and their areas for development. So we do work with our year 10s, Morrisby career testing. So we'll go back to that career testing they did in year 10 and, and dust it off and say, well, actually, this is what you said your strengths were in year 10. Where are you now? So we'll do an audit against those, but also focusing on those skills, not just sort of general, these are all great skills to have, but those skills that are particular to their chosen career pathway and using, you know, so focusing on their strengths and areas for development and their chosen pathways. Uh, And then students have the opportunity to research concrete strategies that they can use. So for example, one of those might be like to manage practice managing stress. So they then have those resources at hand and that allows them to to have that agency and directing, well, what is it I need to focus on or what's important to me? The language development aspect of the core, you know, students get to again, there's very much a framework and students get to develop language their chosen language, but in a workplace setting. So that might look like, for example, translating their CBs into their chosen language, practicing interview skills in their chosen language, whilst also exploring that really important cultural aspect 
why an interview in Spain may look very different to an interview in the UK. You know, we also laid the groundwork for the start of our students' work lives. So in that unit, they'll be creating their first LinkedIn profile and using that LinkedIn profile throughout the course to showcase their amazing achievements over the two years. I think that LinkedIn example there is, a, is such a great one because uh, as I think many of us have realized over the last few years, it's become a core platform, certainly in the world of work in, in many, many respects, you know, as far as everything from recruitment to thought leadership and, and beyond goes. And yet again, it's the sort of thing that, you know, during my own time going through education and, and teaching as well, was, was very rarely talked about. And as you said, you know, those sort of unspoken rules are things we then figure out ourselves and spend quite a bit of time doing and no doubt making, in, in many cases, certainly in my own case, you know, missteps with as well. So it's really, really exciting to hear that that's such a core part of what the IBCP is and uh, and wonderful opportunity for students. You, you touched earlier on on this this idea of the democratisation of knowledge. And of course, one reason for that has been technology today just changing the way we access and, and can access knowledge i wonder you know are there are there other ways in which uh, you know the role of technology plays into these sort of aspects of student development that you're talking about yeah i mean i think like all areas of of life you know technology plays its role it's it permeates all elements of society and is a real change maker you know we're seeing a host of new career possibilities uh, new skill sets, not just centered around using technology effectively, which is what most people would expect, but also those digital technology skills that are embedded within other, other industries. You know, so for example, using data from social media, media in marketing is not a skill I have, but I suspect it will be a skill that the graduates in 10 years time will just come naturally to them. Understanding how to use, not only how to use an MRI, sorry, if you're a radiologist, but but understanding what information that gives you access to. So it's not just about using the technology, it's about understanding what power uh, and what avenues that technology opens up. I think there's also, you know, the, the wider reach of technologies. One of the elements of the personal professional skills we focus on is applied ethics. And I think it's fascinating when, you know, you think about areas such as driverless cars. And so now, you know, our CEOs of the automotive industries have to have a pretty good understanding of ethical frameworks in order to be able to respond to those ethical issues in a way that we never envisaged you know, 50 years ago. So I think it's all of those consequences of technology. You know, the field of machine learning, again, it's shifted the focus from having technically able graduates to having technically able graduates who can also problem solve and be creative and innovate. And I think that technological ability is, and strengths are so much more powerful in combination with those personal and professional skills. There's so much here, isn't there? Yeah. And uh, it's it's the sort of thing that I think is crucial for, for educators and those steeped in education and working with young people today to be engaging with and to be having conversations about. And the answers are not necessarily easy or obvious or straightforward by any means. We don't necessarily have them. I don't think any one person holds the key to all those, but being engaged in that conversation so that we shape how some of these things permeate through education and the, and the lives of the young people in our care, I think is is fundamental. So very, very excited to, to hear all the work you're doing and, and also excited to see how it develops in the next couple of years as this really sort of starts to, to embed. I'm sure there'll be listeners who are equally interested and, and would love to, to connect after this. What's the best way that people can follow uh, what's happening here or connect with you once they've heard the podcast? I think probably the easiest way to suggest is uh, through LinkedIn. I have my LinkedIn profile. 
uh, Charlotte Martin and an IBCP coordinator. So that makes it slightly easier to find me. Fantastic. Well, look, Charlotte, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, talking to you today. Thank you so much for, for sharing the journey that you've been on and the way you're thinking about the IBCP. As I said, exciting opportunities for students, and I'm, uh, I'm very jealous that, that I didn't have these opportunities myself. So, But such important work. And, and really just to say again, thank you so much and, and look forward to seeing how the journey develops. Thank you, Hespian. It's been my pleasure to be here talking about the CP. Thank you. So that was Charlie Martin, the IB Career-Related Programme Coordinator at Dulwich College, Singapore. Thank you, Charlie, for joining us on the podcast and sharing some of your thoughts on the IBCP. Don't forget, you can follow up with Charlie via LinkedIn, linked in the show notes. And until our next episode, thank you for listening, and don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.